The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Chez Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set Give yourself a hand or take two They're small, tiny in fact Teeny tiny. They're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cutaway coat, perfect fits. Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. Uber, Uber! Come, let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or umbrellas in their mitts. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> oh, man. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, that is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. Hi. Oh, God, I've got to turn on your goddamn mic. You know, I always forget to do that. All right, there you go. Hey, there he is. All right. Hey, hi. <clears throat> Live from uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty- I love this town. <laughs> it's pretty epic cool. You're out there uh, working on an undisclosed project. I am. And uh, and your Facebook reports have been highly entertaining and highly informative. <laughs> yeah, and highly drunk <laughs> because it is New Orleans. Of course, that's not that's not really entirely true. I actually didn't uh, I didn't get like obscenely. I drank some last night, but I didn't get like you know completely over the top or anything. It's never a good idea in this town. <laughs> <laughs> but why? I mean, that's so disappointing to hear. I mean, I was hoping to hear. Yeah, I don't remember what happened the last forty-eight hours. Because I'm just now the, recovering. Because this is the kind of place where you'll get rolled. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, so I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I might want to stay on my uh, stay on my feet a little bit. So let me ask you this, and this is something I've been curious about. I've never been to New Orleans, and 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 certainly, um, it's a great town. It's an ama- it's an amazing town. The weirdness here is is very genuine, and I like that. It's it's a it's a place full of, of odd, uh, you know, oddities and characters, and and because of that, it's terrific. And it never apologizes for those oddities, right? It's no, just it's no, not at all. And it's, owns it. Probably, probably somewhat. I have a friend of mine who moved out here, yeah, um, from Austin, uh, and he said, you know, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I live in the quarter now, you know, and it's 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 full of people like that who are just, yeah, you know what, F- it, I I came here a couple times and I fell in love with it and I moved here. Yeah. Um, 
But it's, um, he moved from Austin and he said, he's like, you know, he said, Austin used to be wonderfully weird. He says, but then South by Southwest and it got taken over by tech and, you know, and, and he said, and I, I, maybe it's the demographic makeup. It's the fact that, you know, maybe people don't care about black people. I don't know. But, mm -hmm. but he said, but I've heard so many people, different races and, and, uh, and like all kinds of people who are just like, you know what, Th this, this place will never change. It's yeah. not going to, you don't have to worry about somebody coming in and gentrifying the whole town. <laughs> right, right. Which was the big concern. I mean, my concern after Hurricane Katrina, and I think this was the concern of a lot of people, especially people who, who are natives of that of that town um and people who especially people who love that town so much is that after katrina all of the big corporations would come into the ninth ward and just flatten everything and put up no. big hotels and and it was going to be um one of those clearing houses where everything must go for super cheap because it's all filled with water and then that's it makes it ripe for corporate takeover nope. and that that it's, really it's hasn't happened bit. has it I mean, at least from what I've seen, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't spend a ton of time here before, but, you know, it's not a, um, no, it's, it's, it's still every bit what it, what it's always been. Right. And it's not, um, it doesn't have the sort of the, uh, the, the Carnival Cruise version of New Orleans, like the Disney version of New Orleans. None of that. It's all, it's no, all still no, pretty no. authentic down there, huh? Yeah, no, very much. And I mean, you know, you go, I had to, to drive through the Lower Ninth um, uh, yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, there, are air, there are parts of it you can see that still haven't recovered. You wow. know, there are homes that still haven't been torn down. But is it, still, is it sort of like a like uh, like a ghost town in that part of the the city? I mean, in the ninth, I don't know. Uh, it's it's tough to describe because I don't think it's what you would expect. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. I mean, everything. Once you get sort of down in that area, you get to you know you get to places like uh, Moreau and and so on. And and yeah, it's. I mean, there were there they were underwater. They were underwater. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the sort of oddest things that you see is when you're driving across the um, the um, uh, Lake Pontchartrain Causeway Bridge coming from you know Covington and Slidell and that area is that it really and, and for all I know it could be an optical illusion but I don't think it is it it you really can see the the skyline of New Orleans and you can see that it looks like it's coming up out of the water yeah really that it's that it's I mean that's how far below sea level yeah. this whole place is that's remarkable it's, it's awesome but it's awesome you know I mean New Orleans is New Orleans it's, and I don't think it's ever going to change and I think that's great do you get a sense that there's a uh, that, that the people really want uh, the ninth award to be restored or is it something where now it's sort of like the, the hurricane damage the hurricane Katrina damage is something like a badge of honor at this point I don't something know. like I mean, there, something to there see are, there are still people living in the ninth yeah. um, both the lower and the upper and um, you know I mean it's I, I I'm I'm not I don't consider I'm not some sort of expert on on the history of uh, of this city or where it is now but I mean I I got the sense that there are still people there that that um, obviously a lot of damage was done but I I think that people tried to move back in and tried to you know sort of say that you know a sort of defiance like look you know what we're, we're not leaving just yet yeah yeah I mean I, you know I got a very clear sense especially over the last ten years that um that there was an urge to, to 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 pay attention to new orleans to actually fix new orleans after after what happened and and that it's being ignored and so that's why i'm asking i was just like uh, is it, it does it really look like it's been ignored and and are the people anxious for it to stop being ignored as they maybe were 
uh, you know, uh, two, three, four years after Katrina is, or has it like become a matter of now? Well, this is embedded into New Orleans myth and legend now. This is part of the history of the town to see this damage uh, still existing in some pockets of, of of the Lower Ninth, and and people kind of proud of that at this point. And then there's no obviously there's nothing wrong with being proud of having endured successfully something that was horrifying and and to a certain extent I mean, what were you seeing the effects of some of the the flooding that was happening over the last couple of weeks i did not see any of that no um and which is interesting because at some point i'm gonna have to go to to slidell yeah. um and i have not you know i i was in covington yesterday um in addition to a couple of other places like i said down in the lower ninth um and i didn't see any any problems there but again i have not been over to the other parts of st tammany parish that are are um apparently still struggling with flooding but you know look it's this is you this is nothing but lowlands so whenever it rains whenever (laughs) there's a storm surge anytime you just get flooding yeah and you know it's almost like you're looking at something that's a relic of the past but it's still very much present insofar as and i'm talking about specifically about the climate crisis and and knowing that areas like that that are especially the ones that are below sea level are just kind of screwed i mean as as far as the next 50 to 100 years goes that i mean it's yeah low-lying areas coastal areas but the areas like new orleans that are basically under below sea level are just totally I mean, is that true? I mean, I think it's got to be. It seems like it. I mean, it does. It, it uh, you know, I mean, I know that that Miami, which is my hometown, is already seeing the the very serious effects of the climate crisis. Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah, you know what? They're gonna they're gonna get it here because there's nothing you can do about the fact that this was a city built below sea level. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I talked about this a little bit on the Daily Banter today, which is the the new Anthony Weiner scandal, which has basically pushed Trump off the headlines miraculously. Meet the new c- same oh. as the old. C- <laughs> yeah, I mean, Anthony Weiner does it again, like a fucking idiot. I mean, once okay, twice ah uh-uh, no. I mean, once was dumb enough. Twice was really stupid. This is like the third time, isn't it, that he's been caught doing this? And it's just so dumb. I mean, by now, after all of the problems that have occurred, after all of the celebrities that have been caught, and mostly guy celebrities, taking their clothes off in the bathroom mirror and whipping out their cell phones and taking a picture of it, isn't that in and of itself, I mean, set aside the fact that it gets circulated on Twitter and they accidentally are dumb enough to, to send it to people who are going to then leak it out, Is it's just dumb to do it in the first place, isn't it? Where it's it just, why are guys still doing this? If you're, if you're contemplating... I do know, it all the time. <laughs> you do it all I the just, time? I just, I just don't care. You just take all your clothes off and start snapping away. Yeah, I send pictures to everybody. I don't care. That's right. Follow Chez on Facebook if you want to see all of his naked pics. Yes. In fact, seriously, just write to me. I'll I'll send you. (laughs) But I mean, for God's sake, stop doing it. Just stop doing it. You're embarrassing yourself. In fact, you're embarrassing all men. I know. Okay. Anthony Weeder, evidently he's quite proud of his body. But for heaven's sake. Men men made dumb by Yeah. Un-fucking-believable. So this is the third time Huma Abedin, his wife, is leaving him, finally. But, I mean, I just, I'm looking at these pictures, and he's just, 
He's just such a dumb guy. There's this one picture here, um, and I'm looking at the New York Post version of it. It's a picture of him, and it's like his stomach, and then uh, he's not wearing a shirt, and then he's wearing some boxer briefs, and his dick is in there, and, and then he's got, he, then he's, his baby is right next to him, and he's sending this, he's sending a dick pic that includes his Do goddamn- they have, have the pics been up somewhere? I haven't seen the pics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're oh, on, no, uh, I'm looking at a New York Post. Uh, there's a New York Post. Anthony Weiner sexted busty brunette while his son was in bed with him. That's the headline. Really, this is like he he just he successfully um, not only destroyed his marriage once and for all, but successfully embarrassed himself far beyond anyone's forgiveness. I mean, there may have been some people. Uh, the first time this happened, what was it, 20, 2011 it, it happened for the first time. There may have been some people who say, okay, well, Anthony Weir, he's a he's a champion of progressivism. He's a good Democrat, good member of Congress. He's got a got a decent future ahead of him. Okay, we'll let this one go. Yeah, this, I, I this time no. This time I, not in a chance in hell. I initially said I think I wrote about it for for Huffington, which obviously it must have been a long time ago if I was still you know writing regular for Huffington. Yeah. But I said I'm like Anthony Weiner can can wait this out. He can he can if if he wanted to back during that whole scandal, all he had to do was wait and wait for it to blow over and keep his nose clean. Yep. That's it. And it would have been fine. Yep. But obviously, he can't. Well, the story goes like this. Uh, while his wife, Huma Abedin, who is, of course, a top aide for Hillary Clinton, was traveling the country on a campaign trail, the disgraced ex-congressman has been sexting with a busty brunette out west and even sent her a lurid crotch shot with his toddler son in the picture. No, no, no. No. Dumb. I mean, for God's sake. The stay-at-home, uh, the stay, they call him the stay-at-home cad shot the revealing photo while discussing massage parlors near my old apartment, quote-unquote. Shortly after 3 a.m. on July 31st, 2015, a screenshot of the exchange shows. Wiener was clearly aroused by his conversation with the 40-something divorcee when he abruptly changed the subject. Quote, something just climbed into my bed, Wiener wrote. Really, she responded. Wiener then hit send on the cringe-inducing image, which shows a bulge in his white jockey brand boxer briefs and his son cuddled up on his left, wrapped in a light green blanket. Quote, you do realize you see your Wiener in that pic, the woman wrote. Moments after forwarding the photo, Wiener freaked out over the possibility he had accidentally posted it publicly. Yeah, sure just as he did during the famous episode that forced him to resign from Congress in 2011. Ooh, I was scared. For half a second, I thought I posted something. Stop looking at my crotch, quote-unquote, Wiener wrote back. Whatever, you did it on purpose, she replied. Oh, I see you thought you posted on your timeline, not DM. <laughs> happens, be careful, she added. The object of Wiener's affection is, a, is his polar opposite politically, a self-avowed supporter of Donald Trump and the National Rifle Association, who used Twitter to bash both President Obama and Clinton. Which always, when I hear something like that, I, you know, the two words I think of are honey trap. Like this was, deli- like they're going to entrap him to embarrass right. the Democrats, and that's yeah. the whole point. I, I'm hoping that this does not embarrass, I don't think, I mean, to me, it doesn't embarrass the Democrats, it just no. embarrasses Wiener. Yeah, I mean, he's no longer relevant in the Democratic Party. He's just, he's just an embarrassment. And the dumbest thing about it is, 
And this goes back to 2011 when this first happened and all of the other incidents in which this has happened, especially with Democrats, is it completely sidetracks everything. I mean, here we are talking about it in our first segment on the show. I mean, it's knocked all of the Trump headlines off. It's it's become one of those things where, of course, people are going to want to talk about it and people are going to want to discuss it. And to a certain extent, yeah, it's fine. I was saying on the John Fugel saying show earlier uh, yesterday, I said, you know, I mean, sometimes it's nice to have the fun bullshit stories mixed in with the wonk once in a while. But with something like this, the way the press is geared uh, these days is that it completely overtakes everything and nothing else gets discussed. And hopefully that won't be the case. Hopefully by the end of the day, this will have all blown over and no one's talking about Anthony Weiner anymore. But still... It's just that would be nice. It's just dumb. So meanwhile, uh, Huma Abedin has 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 announced that she's separating from Anthony Weiner, and this was something where I think she did it unilaterally. She said, "F you, I'm out of here," and and rightfully so. I don't think anyone's going to go. Well, she should stick around. I don't think so. Quote, after long and painful consideration and work on my marriage, I have made the decision to separate from my husband. Aberdeen, Hillary Clinton's campaign co-chair and longtime aide, said in a statement obtained by NBC. Anthony and I remain devoted to doing what is best for our son, who is the light of our life. During this difficult time, I ask for respect and, and for our privacy. Aberdeen's announcement comes in the wake of the New York Post report released Sunday night, featured lewd messages allegedly exchanged between the former member of the New York State House of Representatives and an unidentified woman. Two prior sexting scandals put an end to his congressional career in 2011 and to his 2013 New York City mayoral bid. (laughs) That was it. That was the other one. Awesome. I love that. Right. There it is. Right. Right in the middle of running for mayor of New York City. He does it again. And I haven't seen that. Uh, I haven't seen that that um, documentary, which is supposed to be great. Yeah, on Showtime. There's supposed to be like a Showtime documentary series about him, and the timing of this is pretty goddamn good for that series. Yeah, that's actually it was uh, this whole thing is uh, is the product of Showtime. Yeah, absolutely. It's the Showtime PR department. The Showtime PR department. It's the Showtime false flag. It's a false flag. They're putting this up just to uh, make sure more people watch the show. That's why. Uh, that's why Anthony Weiner did it. Right. Just to, to make sure more people watch this documentary. I seriously doubt it. I, just, I think the guy's got uh, screw loose. I think he's got a serious glitch when it comes to his personal judgment. And, uh, and maybe something else entirely wrong. I mean, some sort of, I don't know what. I mean, what do they call it when people get, uh, you know, this may be like an adrenaline junkie. Likes to, like to push what he can get away with. Just keep doing it and doing it and doing it, even though he gets caught every goddamn time. Again, you know what? If you're a nobody, mm-hmm. maybe it's no big deal. Yeah. But if you're somebody, if you are somebody who has any, I mean, certainly if you're a politician, or if you're somebody who who has um, uh, a political background or was known for doing something like that before, you just you gotta you gotta believe that you're gonna get busted. Yeah. That somebody that you're talking to might have an ulterior motive, and that would be to nail your ass to the wall. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's that has got to be abundantly clear. If you're sending naked pics of yourself through Facebook or Twitter, you are eventually, and you're a public figure especially, you are going to get caught. That it is just, it is dumb. I mean, it was dumb when our when uh, my e friend uh, uh, John Schindler did it a couple of years ago. It's dumb when uh, Anthony Weiner does it. Does what? It, it's dumb when anyone does it, and it's especially dumb with guys because from from what I understand, 
from the the several women I've talked to about this kind of stuff, they they don't they don't want they don't want your pics, guys. I'm just saying from from the women I've talked to about Anthony Weiner and others, they just say you know look all right it's there's women sending uh, naked pics of themselves. That's one thing. But there's there's kind of a double standard, and it kind of makes sense to me. Like just sh- like a guy's dick, like sending that picture is not sexy or attractive to women. <laughs> They're not enjoying it. I assure you, especially when it's old guys like Anthony Weiner or Geraldo with their old man bodies. You know, just with their fo- taking pictures of themselves in their filthy, disgusting bathrooms, or for God's sake, Anthony Weiner with his boy laying in bed. It just it's just horrendous and gross and disgusting. So there's that again. Stupid, stupid, stupid guys doing stupid, stupid things and getting caught, obviously. All right, we're going to take a uh, short break. We come back. Trump's reaction to the whole thing <laughs> right after these okay. words. <laughs> Hello, it's Bob to tell you about our Patreon page. You might be asking yourself, what the hell is a Patreon page? It's a website where you can help support our podcast by donating money to the show. You can sign up for $1, $5, $10, or $15 per month. Or if you're filthy rich, you can sign up for more. In exchange, we'll bring you exclusive Patreon-only content like our post-mortem shows, memberships to the after party, and commercial-free, unbleached versions of our free show. And if we reach our crowdfunding goal, we'll bring you new shows every weekday. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, is has to weigh in on all of this crap. And of course, was it was the Dwayne Wade thing from the other day? For God's sake, <laughs> so stupid, stupid idiot, Donald. What so what he does is instead of with the Dwayne Wade thing, instead of you know offering. What any leader or statesman would do, which is to offer his condolences and move on, he's got to turn it into a thing like patting himself on his orange back. Like, hey, look, I guessed it. They're shooting each other. You sure to listen to me, Donald Trump. Loser. Diddies. Just the dumbest thing in the world. And then, of course, he's gone on and he's topped it a few other times since then on, on other topics, many of which we'll get to, I assure you, today. He's such a piece of <laughs> really He's is. really a terrible. He said here uh, today, I only worry for the country uh, in that Hillary Clinton was careless and negligent in allowing Wiener to have such close proximity to highly classified information. Who knows what he learned and who he told? It's just another example of Hillary Clinton's bad judgment. It is possible that our country and its security have been greatly compromised by this. Of course, he's going to. No, no. This, this fucking has the balls right to say that she compromised national security uh-huh this this guy who basically has been who's basically a puppet of russia <laughs> that's right whose campaign manager for 14 months was a guy who's in the pocket of the uh putin regime right as vis-a-vis ukraine or the ukraine as trump calls it Amazing. and this and of course because Huma Abedin is Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, top aide, then therefore 
she, Hillary Clinton is telling Uma all of the stuff about what she's hearing in classified briefings, and then she's telling Anthony Weiner, and then Anthony Weiner is sexting it, you know, with his dick pics to whoever. That's, that's Trump's calculus. That's what he's figuring. And I figure he's doing that because he has some sort of insight. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. He's got some, some sort of inside knowledge in terms of how classified information is, you know, lobbed around through social media. Because uh, Donald Trump never on social, never tweeting, you know, embarrassing things out over social media. <laughs> never does that, does he? No. Jitties. No. But anyway, so that, uh, so that was Trump remarking on the, uh, the latest Wiener scandal. Thanks. Thanks, Anthony Wiener. You son of a bitch. All right. Trump, uh, <laughs> the other thing that he tweeted, this is the newer one that, that superseded the Dwayne Wayne one, at least. Is it Dwayne Wade? I'm not. A, I'm, there, there are two yes. sports things that happen over the weekend, and I'm I, not familiar with any of the sports characters who mentioned in them. The, one, yes, the other thing was the D-way. thing with the, yes. the other thing. What's, what's the scandal from yesterday where the guy, the one football player didn't stand during the national anthem and now Fox News is erupting? Colin, because, Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick, who's the backup? Is he a backup quarterback or something like no, that? No, 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 no. Kaepernick's big. Oh, you see. Okay. All right. I thought he was. God, I, I read that he was a backup. Yeah. So he's I don't, a pretty I don't big care deal. one bit about that fucking controversy. I don't care one single bit about it. I don't either. It's like, oh, you know what? So he didn't stand. So what? Yeah. You know what? Don't make a big deal out of it. You know, it's, it's just. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, f- but I assure you, Fox News is all over. Sean Hannity is all of over. Course, Fox and Friends are, is all over. You know, he's an ingrate. Yeah. Donald Trump said he should find a, find a new country. So go go find go find a new country if you don't like ours. And then he tweeted uh, about Hillary Clinton. He's getting into the Hillary Clinton uh, mental capacity thing, the uh, the brain damage thing. Tweeted uh, what was it on the yeah it was on Monday. He said crooked Hillary's brain power is highly overrated. Probably why her decision making is bad, or as stated by Bernie Sanders, she has bad judgment in all caps. And, of course, uh, in an, a tweet about Hillary Clinton's brain power, Donald Trump misspelled judgment. Of course, he did. Right. <laughs> Spelled it with two E's instead of one E. <laughs> and by the way, you know what? And this is, uh, this is an appropriate segue. I, I, am so, I am so tired. I am so tired of the angry left. Let me, let me just tell you about it. <laughs> because I've spent just this past weekend dealing with everyone responding to my burqa post on the Daily oh, yeah. Panther. How'd that go? Oh, yeah, that was fun. I'm so glad I did that on a Friday afternoon. That was a wise choice. Was it great? Did, yeah, you, get, like, was... uh, did you get like beat up? Oh, no, it was. Oh, everyone loved it. Don't, don't you know? The angry left just loves stuff like that when you're actually trying to make sense of a situation. Just, Be a I little bit new. <laughs> I just, I so don't care what they think. I don't get, I don't care one bit what they think. Yeah. Well, you know, and of course, how this relates to the judgment post is I tweeted about it earlier today. And then one of my, uh, my Twitter followers, it was like, no, no, that's, it's a correct spelling of judgment. Yeah. It's a correct spelling of judgment. If you live in, uh, England. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's, he doesn't. They, technically, you can do it, but here we, you know, in, to to quote uh, uh, to quote uh, Jack Nicholson of The Departed in this country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then I posted a link to the grammarist that explains how judgment with two e's is not used in the United States. Oh, it's incorrect. One e is the correct version, at least in the United States. And they write back, "Well, that article is a fa- fake art. That's a false article." It's the grammarist, for God's sake. It's not fake. 
It's, it's a it's, grammar it's like, false flag. Yeah, it's a false flag. But I mean, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, it's just like, it seems like we're more and more surrounded by people who have no no tethering whatsoever to objective facts anymore. And for the longest time, it was really something that was almost exclusively on the right. But I'm seeing it more and more, and I hate to sound like a broken record because we've talked about this many times, but it seems more and more often like it's something I'm seeing as a feature of the left now, too. I mean, just one, every time I post something that has anything to do with the election on the Hillary side specifically, like I posted something about Hillary and uh, the Alex Jones thing. We got some, uh, some uh, Alex Jones followed up. <laughs> the other day about Hillary Clinton calling him out in her speech last week on the alt-right. But um, so I posted something about Alex Jones and Hillary Clinton. And of course, people got to jump into the thread saying, well, it's like both sides are yeah. but both sides are bad. And you're I, mean. I, re- I refuse to I will not entertain or indulge the opinions of anyone yeah. who says that both sides Certain, both sides in general, but yeah. both sides, especially this election, are the same. You right. say that, and you have zero credibility, oh, and no. you need to go f*** yourself. Yeah, and it's it, God, it's the same with the Jill Stein thing. Stop oh, with of course. the Jill, oh, st- f- Jill Stein. And I know I'm, I'm a ton of profan- profanity today, but <laughs> honestly, <laughs> just I just don't. Jill, just enough. Yeah. Jill Stein is a joke. Yep. She is not getting anywhere near the White House. The only way she's ever going to see the inside of the White House is if she takes the tour. She is not getting into the White House. That's right. Nor is she at all ever qualified to be president of the United States in not any way, chance. shape, or form. I mean, that's just the thing. I mean, what are her quali- Well, she's a doctor. And well, she's the nominee. And she was elected to dog catcher or something in some local township somewhere once for one term. And that's the extent of her elected experience. What, what, is she, what does she have to offer beyond just... Uh, nonsense about vaccines or whatever the hell she's talking about today. It's just because from what I've been observing from the left for at least the last, I don't know, four or five years, maybe eight, let's go back a full eight years is just this, this desire to, I don't know if it's something strategic or something that, that the, that some of the, uh, the leadership on the far left kind of worked out. And then we just decided that, Here's how we're going to approach politics from now on. We're just going to, it's going to be disruption the whole time. We're not going to have anything of value to say. It's just going to be a matter of disruption and belly aching and screaming. Whenever there's progress made, it's not good enough. And just, blah, it's just going to be nonsense. Right. We're going to, we're going to do what the right's been doing for so long. It's blurting. It's going to be a lot of blurting. Blurting, yeah. And, so, and supporting completely unqualified candidates for president. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how this started or what caused it or who's ultimately responsible, but it's, it's gotten to the point where it's just utterly maddening. All right, mm-hmm. enough of that. So um, Operation Taco Bowl is an actual thing. <laughs> We're going to talk about that after another short break back after this. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. 
you go shopping, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. And the second half of today's show is brought to you by Amazon Prime. Okay, here's what you're going to do. Go to bobsuska.com. Go to the podcast page, and you'll see a big banner at the top of the page for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime. Sign up for that free trial. Get free two-day shipping. Enjoy popular movies and TV episodes, plus unlimited music streaming, free unlimited photo storage, and 30-minute early access to select Amazon Lightning deals. Lightning fast deals. And uh, that's through our uh, Amazon Prime link at bobsuska.com. So go in and click that link, and it helps support the show. Thank you in advance for doing that. I guess I guess we should talk a little bit about uh, Gene Wilder, who uh, who died who died yesterday. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> There's a whole generation of Americans on social media who only know him from the Wonka memes. I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, Willy Wonka is is, is but one. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Blazing Saddles, Blazing Saddles. Uh, Young Frankenstein, Stir Crazy, Silver Streak, Silver Streak, yeah, Silver Streak's a great movie. Yeah, yep. him and he and Richard Pryor, amazing. Yeah, I remember seeing um, that in the theater. Forgot, I remember seeing Silver Streak in the movie theater when it first came out. Yeah, yep, yeah. I mean, just just an absolutely brilliant comic actor and one of. From from whatever for what everyone says, the genuinely nicest people on the planet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he was such. I think it gets lost now, and I think, but I I think there is a sense of it based on the prevalence of Gene Wilder memes on the internet. Is that Gene Wilder was a huge comedy star of yeah. the seventies oh, yeah. and early eighties. I mean, he was so massive. I mean, I just felt like. Well, it's another year. There's got to be another Gene Wilder movie coming out, and it's going to be effing hilarious. And that was, I think that was the general zeitgeist of that time, that Gene Wilder is just, it was, is and, and was a comedy genius. And uh, and he was in so many great movies. I mean, some people talking about how he was in uh, maybe three of the five funniest movies of all time. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't entirely agree with those being the funniest movies, but they were among the top, I would say the top 10, top 20 funniest movies of all time. And he is in every single one of them. And he is... Blazing he is Saddles me. and Young Frankenstein are two of the absolute funniest movies ever made. And Absolutely, they were released yeah. the same year, which is shocking when you think about it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, it was uh, it, was, it was those movies that, that are, are, they're the kinds of movies. And uh, with Gene Wilder right in the, right in the middle of everything. The, especially Blazing Saddles, it's the kind of movie that we'd never see today. Oh it no, never, no. Never, uh, they ever did an interview. Mel Brooks, um, you know, I think he's ninety. He's ninety now, and they did yeah. an interview with him. Somebody that I can't remember who the hell it was. When it, where he talked about it, he said, "No way in hell we could make that movie now. Yeah. No way." Yeah. He's like, "We had to fight." He's like, "We had to fight the studio then." Right, and and what's so amazing about it is the fact, and that see, it's such a big statement to to go down this road because. It's, it's satire. I mean, that's the amazing thing about Blazing Saddles is it satirizes all that crap. You know, all of the things, you know, the N-word and all that. And, and that gets entirely lost on modern audiences. I don't know what happened to satire that satire now is, is kind of a, just has returned to being an underground thing. 
where it was really much, very much part of the mainstream with, with shows like Saturday Night Live and movies like, uh, like Blazing Saddles leading the way of really, really biting satire. And it really, it, it's, and it continued on through, I would say, the early part of the 90s and then was just, then just died. Then just landed flat. And I think a lot of it was killed, um, weirdly enough, when, when the whole uh, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson, Super Bowl thing. And when that occurred, and though that not being specific satire, it, it gave, I think, a lot of networks and a lot of studios a lot of pause because there was such an outrage over, the, over what had happened during the Super Bowl. Over for Janet God's Jackson's sake. boob. Yeah, and I remember I was in, I was in radio at the time. I was, in, uh, you know, I was working on a, a nationally syndicated radio show, and it had the reaction to what happened with Janet Jackson had such a chilling effect on on comedy and, and entertainment in general and since then social media and uh and and the i what i could what i consider to be the bastardization of social justice and using that to as as a cudgel as a, as a means of censorship right. that is also i think put the final nail in the coffin of any sort of satire like that which again i you know i want to circle make sure to circle back to this that gene wilder was very much a part of where he did i mean even the idea of a movie like Willy Wonka today is is almost unheard of. Yes, they, they did a remake, but it, it but it's the the way the original Willy Wonka was shot and the way it was written is is almost too terrifying. I think for kids now, yeah. I, I think there's a certain riskiness and there's a cert, there was a certain level of anger to Gene Wilder's portrayal of Willy Wonka. There was nothing whimsical there's a little obviously a little bit of whimsy and, and, and that's what makes it fun but Gene Wilder's character yeah. portrayal of Willy Wonka was kind of a kind of an asshole oh, of course I mean that was I remember the first time that uh, that I I saw well not first time but when I saw Manson um, yeah just but right when they got signed yeah right when they got signed and they um and they were gonna go um they had recorded i think they, were, they recorded their record or no they hadn't recorded their record yet it was their this is their big sort of send-off show out of waterdale and they opened with i mean that was the uh, the there's no earthly way of knowing thing was that turned up on their first record but they used that whole thing as their intro because it's so fucking terrifying. Yeah. That that you know the in the boat. It's just, it's absolutely it's viscerally horrifying. <laughs> it really is horrifying, and he's he he behaves in a way that almost that that's very unsafe. If we think of of modern generations now of, of the younger people now. Um, and their reliance upon, and I'm speaking just in general, of course, the hashtag is hashtag not all millennials. Um, th- there's a need for safety. There's a desire for non-threatening people and non-threatening surroundings. Yeah, you will, ne- you will not be challenged. You will not be threatened. Yeah, and the, the Gene Wilder movies with Mel Brooks are all in some way extraordinarily right. because, because threatening. Because satire is threatening. Yeah. That's the idea. Yep. Absolutely, and especially Blazing Saddles, and even the portrayal, like I was saying before, even the portrayal of Willy Wonka was in some way foreboding and nasty and, and not comfortable. It, it's uncomfortable sometimes to see the way Willy Wonka behaved toward some of the children and their parents, and and of course they all deserved it, but we live in an age now where it's not necessarily a matter of who deserves it, it's a matter of, you know, just make sure that no one's being offended. No one's being offensive to, to the people who deserve it. 
And so, uh, and and that was something that uh, that Gene Water did quite a bit in his career, and which is now not very welcome in uh, in pop culture and entertainment. So, uh, so safe home to uh, Gene Wilder, and uh, and I know we'll, there'll be lots of remembrances of him uh, continuing on on uh, on social media, and I don't think we'll see the end of the Wonka memes by any stretch of imagination. Those will continue on too, but I hope that some people who do. Uh, circulate those memes online will take some time to watch his uh, filmography because it's certainly worth doing that and certainly worth seeing someone who is who uh, who challenges us and who makes us laugh in a genuine and uh, and sometimes threatening way which I think is often uh, often beneficial so all right we're gonna take uh, another break and come back and talk with uh, talk about politics get back into politics right after these words hey dude being at the racetrack is a blast! High five! Whoa, man, uh, you can put your arm down now. What, you gonna leave me hanging? Come on, bring it in for a hug. Uh, that's okay, man. We're cool. Why, what's the matter? We're all buds, man. Uh, well, I, I hate to tell you, but I think you need to take a pit stop. What? I'm not driving a race car, man. No, pit stop. It's, uh, well, an all-natural deodorant that'll keep your pits from, uh, being the pits. Oh, no. My pits are the pits. Hey, don't worry, man. Luckily, my pals over at Bubble Genius have you covered. They've created all-natural stuff to help with summer stank. Everything from pit stop deodorant to cooling facial mist to talc-free body powders that leave you soft, not sweaty. Hey, cool! You said it. Bubble Genius keeps you cool all summer long. BubbleGenius.com This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I was just thinking about Gene Wilder here for a second. Have you seen a Just the very fact that Gene Wilder's character in Blazing Saddles felt better when he was drinking is something that you would never see now. I mean, what's yeah, it really? Yeah, it's that like, is true. That is like, you can't... Uh, I, I remember that this is a, a totally a different kind of... Uh, a uh, totally different kind of reference, but mm. I remember the difference between Arthur and Arthur 2. Arthur 2 was a terrible movie, but right. I remember the big outcry that in between the making of those two movies, it had suddenly become not funny to be a drunk anymore. Right. Whereas centuries of cinema, like the drunk <laughs> was funny. That was like, yeah. that was that was Buster Keaton's whole fucking thing. Oh, I know. And you know what? I have firsthand experience with something like that. Just to tell a, a quick story here. Um, I was doing a, an animated TV series for VH1 back in the early 2000s. And we did, a, uh, we did a series of cartoons for that that never made it to the actual TV show because they were killed by the network for a variety of extraordinarily frustrating reasons. But they ended up enduring on YouTube. They ended up somehow mysteriously leaking out to the internet and now have millions upon millions and millions and millions and millions of views. If, if, that, if these sketches had been in the show that I was working on, the show would have been massive. They were our pie f***ing scenes in the show. They were the show. These were the sketches that would have set the show on fire, and the network f***ing killed them, and it drove me crazy. But suffice to say, they were they were basically dr- about drugs, <laughs> about drugs, right. and and it was uh, it was this, they were satires of uh, SpongeBob, 
and except everything was drug references instead of undersea references. And uh, and it was just it was basically a poke at the fact that SpongeBob is a really trippy show to watch. It's like you know it's a fun show to watch when you're high or whatever. Blah blah blah. And so at the end of the the the, the one cartoon, the first of the three cartoons that we did along this one theme, uh, you know, we just had the two characters, SpongeBob and Patrick, the the versions of those characters in the cartoons, uh, just f- finishing up and playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater, just getting high and then playing video games, and that was the end of the sketch. But the network came back and said, no, we have to have consequences to the drug use. If you're going to show characters doing drugs, there has to be negative consequences. So can you put in at the end, can you make sure that they get arrested at the end? So we had to go into the cartoon and edit it with with, uh, siren lights and the sound of a cop car pulling up and the character saying, oh, no, we're getting busted again. Back to jail for us. So and then then Iris out in the end of the, <laughs> and that's that that was the state of, I would say post Janet Jackson media. I think it was really, obviously there was a thing with drinking that happened in the '90s, and then I think it emerged more. I think the the degree of uh, of uh, of trepidation about doing anything that was at all edgy with regard to substance abuse or anything like that um, became verboten. Certainly after the Janet Jackson thing, and we felt the uh, the repercussions of that. So anyway. All right, moving along here. So there's Operation Taco Bowl. Did you hear about Operation Taco Bowl? Bunch of Trump, Trump supporters getting together and having a... Uh, well, Trump tweeted out this, this banner the other day. It said, Operation Taco Bowl, Latinos and Hispanics for Trump rally. August 28th at 2 p.m. Everyone welcome in Anaheim. Make America great again. That's what it says. <laughs> Operation Taco Bowl. And of course, if you challenge them on it, if you challenge the Trump people about this, they'll say, well, there was a DNC email in the leaks that said something about taco bowls. But that was a reference to Trump eating the it's taco bowl. It's an amazing thing. It really is. Yeah. People. I mean, the, oh, it's like the Dems made up the taco bowl. No, no, they didn't. Trump, it was the Dems were referencing the racially insensitive taco bowl photo that Trump set out on Cinco de Mayo. And now that what they've done is they've co-opted one of their own things. And, and it just proves how just the conservatives just can't do it. They don't know. They don't understand how this works, how comedy works, how. Well, I mean, going back right. to our theme of satire, they don't understand how satire works. I think they yeah. think Operation Taco Bowl is funny. And it's not. It's offensive. No, when and you're when you're when you're conser- we've talked about this before. Yeah. But conservatives have a very conservatives are basically like Drax yeah. from Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Yeah. They take everything literally. Right. That's one of the reasons why country songs. There's never any subtlety to country songs. Yeah. There's no poetry to them. Ninety nine <laughs> times out of a hundred. Right. You know, it's all just look. Here's what's going on right now. There's no metaphor. There's nothing like that. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, and you know what? And, and because of that, you get a lot of people who don't really appreciate satire and don't really appreciate comedy. By the way, speaking of which, um, just thought this just a little nice little feel good moment here. Okay. Um, this <laughs> these are the trends right now on Twitter. Okay. Oh, Gene Wilder, Gilda Radner, Young Frankenstein, R.I.P. Mr. Wilder, Willy Wonka, the producers, Blazing Saddles, the Waco Kid. Oh, that's great. I really like, yeah. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Get that filmography out there. 
You know, I'm just, but I'm waiting for the SJW backlash. Oh, everyone's talking about Blazing Saddles notes. Oh, I really hope so. Uh, there's nothing I would enjoy more than hearing from from some other, you know, some other kin, someone who 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 has to uh, has to explain what what his or her uh, pronouns are to the world, bitching about uh, you know, bitching about how uh, politically incorrect Blazing Saddles is. Because honestly, I, I'll just I'll enjoy laughing at that child. Yeah, I, you and know, just I, saying seriously, you you need to go <laughs> to quote Selena Meyer. Was it? Why don't you go f- yourself in your own? <laughs> you know, and and look, I I hate to be beating this dead horse again, but I'm at a place right now where I'm feeling really really frustrated with my fellow liberals, and I so seldom I you oh know, I'm, I've been there for a while, but I get it. I, I know yeah. why you're there, man. I mean, and and this is this is one of the things, and obviously our our consternation with regard to Blazing Saddles is preemptive. But you know, it's something that's entirely in keeping with with what we've been witnessing, and it's. And it's all the kind of stuff that we normally would see, again, on, on the conservative right with people like, uh, like Donald Trump and like the Tea Party. It's this kind of taking things literally, taking things too seriously, not having any levity whatsoever, not being able to joke about anything, not being able to satirize anything. That is uh, tremendously frustrating and, and so discouraging, disillusioning to watch. Because, you know, again, for all this time, I really genuinely believed that the left was the side of objective reality, that the left was the side of comedy. I mean, for God's sake, that well, the one thing that we have over conservatism, we have the funny. This is, this is what, uh, what Patton Oswalt talks about. Yeah. Um, and when he, when he did the interview with David Daly from Salon, and he said, he's like, we, were, we, were, we weren't the prudish school marms. We were the ones who stood up to them. Right. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, you know, with dealing with this, the, the burqa issue from last week with regard to that, uh, that whole incident that occurred in Nice, France with that woman on the, uh, on the beach and wearing the burkini and then she, she had to disrobe. I mean, that was so, so frustrating to observe the left on that because, yeah, I get it. I mean, we shouldn't have a law that bans the b- burkinis. But on the other hand, why is the left defending burkinis? And, and suddenly the left, the people I'm hearing from, are all about religious freedom now. What is religious freedom? This is what it's all about. It's about religious freedom. Well, is it really about religious freedom? So maybe we should pass some, what, religious freedom laws protecting religious freedom? That's a great idea. It's a great idea if you're Mike Pence and you want to you know, ban right. abortion and ban same-sex marriage. Great idea. Let's climb on board that one. Because nothing could possibly go wrong there, could it? It's just, it's baffling to me how anyone, any liberal on the left, and, we, and I, again, if you're a listener of the after party, you have to forgive me because we discussed this extensively on the after party. But any member of the left ought to be condemning a religion that requires its women to, in, in certain areas, to wear burqas. Right. To wear the full, and, and when I say burqa, I mean literally the burqa. The burqa that covers the entire, right. burqa is specifically the entire body, like that gigantic tent with the screen over the eyes so they can at least see. I mean, any sort of, any religion or organization that subjugates women ought to be uh, a point of disdain from the left. And it seems like, well, this this one group, this one religion gets a pass. And I'm not talking about the entire religion. I'm talking about the pockets of the religion that are inherently awful 
And then, but you have to explain all of that, and you have to detail all of that. Everyone takes it as soon as you criticize. You say, "Well, burkas are oppressive." Well, why are you indicting the whole religion? You're just going after the Islamic. You're a racist and a bigot, and you're going to vote for Trump. No, no, no. The burqa in and of itself is, by its very nature, oppressive toward women. Why is there even a question on the left about this? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't, and, and no one has been able to adequately explain it to me. I've heard, well, it's about religious choice. Well, that's a big, gigantic red herring. It's about, and then the other thing I'm hearing now lately, too, is why don't you go talk to a Muslim woman and, and get back to us? So, okay, so in order to, to, to criticize a, 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 a religious garment that is subjugating right. women... And, I, to, I and to, to, criticize, to criticize the entire... To criticize the system of belief as opposed to individual people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you totally. Know, to, criti- to criticize... And I'll even go one further. I'll, I'll, even, I'll even indulge it and say to criticize the perversion of that belief. Right. That, you know, in order to do that, in order to, to criticize this sort of hardline version of what Islam is and what its dictates say... Uh, that you know you you have no you have to go talk to him. Make yeah. sure you go talk to him. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean the requirement now is that we have to interview people who are like I should have gone and interviewed Kim Davis while she was uh, preventing people from getting married in Kentucky before I criticized Kim Davis. Is that is that what we're talking about now? We got to go talk to the actual people who are involved. No, that's not the way it works. You don't have to do that. And for what it's worth, yes. I've talked to Muslim. In fact, I got a I got a a DM here from someone who uh, a listener to the show, uh, in fact, a subscriber, wrote in and said, "My wife and I were listening to the after party. She asked me to say thanks for standing up for Muslim women. This is a picture of what my wife was forced to wear under the threat of prison in Iran. The second photo is her today. You're on the right side, brother. It was a great note to get. That is but nice. the the two photos. The, the one photo is uh, looks like an ID photo." of this man's wife in a, uh, you know, a version of a, of a burqa. So it wasn't the full face burqa because you could see her face, but she's wearing, obviously wearing this big oppressive garment. And then there's a picture of her now holding her child and, and wearing Western clothing, a baseball cap and a tank top shirt and a pair of shorts out in a sort of a garden area. And, and this is the contrast here. And this is, you want to talk, yes. And it wasn't just this one person that I've talked to. I've talked to other people. I've known. And I'm you know 45 what? years old. I've interacted with Muslim and, people and in my you, life. And you know what? The, the hypocrisy cracks me up because you hear a lot of, of sort of third wave feminists and, and the sort of social justice, you know. Yep. And when I say social justice advocates, I put, I put social justice in air quotes here. Yeah. Um, you hear a lot of them say, well, you know what, go, go talk to Muslim women. It's up to Muslim women to decide whether or not they, they want, you know, they want this. And, you know, who are yeah. you? Because you're just being oppressive, too. But you know something? These are the same type of people who, if a Christian woman were to say, you know what, I believe 110% that my husband uh, is the master of the household and I will do whatever he says, they would throw a f***ing fit. Yeah. Yeah, they, they would were, criticize and they would say, you know what, you need to be liberated and you, you know, and they would laugh at them or, you know, or they, they would either say they need to be liberated or they would mock them. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm just w- waiting for the next person. Next time the, uh, the Duggars come up, I'm waiting for someone else uh, right. on, on my left to, to actually defend Michelle Duggar. 
And the choices she's made, because it's that's, all about religious bingo, choices. That's, and that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's that. I mean, we, could, we uh, if you want to hear more about it, we talked about it at length on the after party. I wrote about it for uh, the Daily Banter. And uh, you can go check that out because I don't go into it any, any more than this because I know it's going to, <laughs> to create more bullshit that, quite frankly, I don't want to deal with at this point because I'm just I'm, I'm sick and tired of of uh, just the left conceding territory to the far right. It just you, And I'm talking about in terms of just general practices and general uh, ways of approaching issues that don't make any sense. They're just self-defeating and, and make the left look just as crazy as the right in some cases. And all the press needs, all the news media needs is one little thing to create the false equivalents. Could be a million things on the right and two things on the left. The press will create that false equivalence. So why give them that? Why give them that fuel? Why not behave in a way that is, you know, just like, you know, I saw an interview. Glenn Greenwald was on Democracy Now! And I caught this bit of interview with Glenn Greenwald. And then we have to wrap up the show. We're so late right now. But, uh, you know, Glenn was saying, well, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump is reprehensible. But it's okay. We should be we should really be criticizing Hillary and just like tearing into Hillary for everything that wrong that she's doing. Make sure we don't spend too much time on Trump. Make sure we give equal time to Hillary. Well, yeah, that's really smart, especially when their trespasses are not equal. They're not doing things that are equally bad. There's no, there's no equivalence between the Clinton Foundation and, say, Trump University or his, his uh, four bankruptcies. All the people that he's ripped off, all of the subcontractors and employees that he's ripped off over the years, there's no equivalence whatsoever. But yeah, let's by all means let's let's build that equivalence on the left. Let's just make that happen, and then process uh, pu- push for Jill Stein for president. That that'll make sense. There'll be total progressivism coming out of that. We'll just have we'll have a progressive utopia any day now. Keep an eye on your calendar because it's around the corner. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to work, but we'll see it. It'll it'll happen as long as we. As long as we're a complete pain in the ass and we burn down the village, you know what we're saying. Oh, by the way, you know, you know what's going to really piss off the uh, what's going to really piss off the um, the little identity politics uh, kids. Yeah, that people are going to begin. I'm already seeing it. People are going to start circulating pictures of uh, Gene Wilder in blackface from Silver Streak. Oh my God! Are you already are you seeing that already? That's, well, I mean, that's coming I'm up. Seeing it, I'm seeing the picture being circulated, which is just which is brilliant because the look on Pryor's face during that scene is so fucking priceless. Where he's like, what is he? He's like, we'll, we'll get past the cops. I just hope we don't see no Muslims. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Exactly. Let see, the, you can't, you could never get away with that now. Let the day two story begin. Gene Wilder, everyone remembered uh, on Monday and on by Tuesday. Uh, he's kind of screwed. Yep. Watch for the think pieces. Watch for the explainers. Uh, here's why. Uh, here's why we should not be worshiping Gene Wilder even after his death. Right. Exact. Exactly. Why I'm glad Gene Wilder's dead. Yeah. By by uh, Ashley something or other writing for Elite Daily. Before you retweet that Gene Wilder rest in peace meme, take a look at him in blackface. <laughs> yep. Here's here's a here's a super cut of him saying. In uh, Blazing Saddle. Oh, God. Oh, 
satire. It's satire. It's it's intended to take the piss out of something evil. That is what satire does by reflecting the evilness in sometimes a humorous way. You feel the need to clarify that because some people just don't know or they don't want to know. All right, yeah. I mean, we we barely got to anything I had on my list here to talk about on the show. So we're going to we have a couple of things to talk about on the after party that's coming up next. Seamlessly integrated for you at patreon.com slash Bob and Chaz if you sign up for the uh, commercial free, not safe for work version of this show. Postmortem show connected right to the end of it. If not, we'll see you over there. Take, folks, take care, folks. Bye-bye.